Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Welcome to the place to talk about a lot of dad and kid stuff, as well as guy topics and things that we deal with in our lives. Well, at least things that I deal with in my life, and hopefully you can relate with some of those. Anyways, welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in once again. All right, I decided to take a week off, so I'm going to bless you with this old and slightly cringy dad classic episode from last year where I talk about holiday eating, diets, and struggles with pie. Well, at least that's what I struggle with around this time of year, so I figured this episode was quite fitting, being that we are in the middle of the holiday season. There's a lot of food and a lot of cooking and a lot of temptation, so to speak, around us. Like I said, it's cringy, so please try to ignore my monotone voice and primitive audio that I was using back then. Anyways, next week will be a brand new episode, so hopefully it'll be less monotone, and more exciting. So anyways, let's get into this. All right, so the holidays are over. Well, at least one of them is. Thanksgiving is come and gone. We still have Christmas and New Year's to get through before this whole food train kind of slows down a bit. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. The whole holidays and eating, maybe overeating, um, dealing with our kids and eating, and binging crazy foods. Uh, I thought that warranted maybe a discussion. Anyways, this is always kind of a hard time of year for me. I imagine it is for a lot of people. It's just all the food. All the good food. Not necessarily good for you, but just amazing home-cooked stuff on all these holidays. Plus all the shit candy and chocolates and all the junk that tends to enter our homes this time of year as well. All that stuff is pretty amazing, right? Thanksgiving, it was pies and stuffing and gravy. God, don't forget the gravy. And then Christmas is coming. That's going to be more pies and more butter-laden sides and more cookies and Santa's chocolates and all that stuff. So... It's just a hard time to stay on a solid eating plan. I don't know if you can relate with that or not, but it's hard for me anyways. And I have a problem with food to begin with. I'm not sure if I've talked about this in the past or not, but you would almost think that I grew up during the depression because I like food that much. Like no food left behind, you know, when it comes to me and eating. Just like over Thanksgiving weekend, I think I had three pieces of freaking pie. Like, three. Why would I do that to myself? And then don't tell me that food is going to go in the trash or stuff's getting thrown out. No way. If you say anything about food being thrown out, I will usually jump on that grenade and I will scarf that down. And why, I have no idea. I guess, I guess I just don't like waste. Even if I'm full, I would rather eat it and be miserable than toss it. Maybe it's my guilt that starving children are out there somewhere and I would feel bad trashing it. Maybe it's because I put a monetary value on everything. So then when I see my wife throwing something away, she's not throwing food away in my eyes. She's throwing $3.30 worth of food away. I don't, I don't know. And actually me and my father-in-law used to joke around a lot that we both had this disorder called binge eating disorder. Which, yes, it is a real thing, it's a real condition, 
but it's where we would eat damn near everything around us all the time. A bucket of chicken, let's finish it. We have a rest of a cheesecake from a party, all right, let's finish it. And we would do that, and we would eat all this food and then feel miserable, and uh, yeah, we self-diagnosed ourselves that we had binge eating disorder. But I think I have actually gotten a little bit better. Got it under control a little bit. I've really been watching what I eat a little bit more. Watching it go right in my mouth, right? No, but really, um, I've been actually counting calories a lot now, and it really helps. It keeps me accountable, I guess. I hold myself accountable, let's say that. But anyways, we need to control ourselves, all right? Get ourselves under control. I could just say, eat well, and eat less, and then end this episode right now. Boom. Done. Alright? <clears throat> but I guess that doesn't really work. I mean, every person knows that's the general thing. Calories in, calories out, right? And you probably already know all the stupid shit I'm going to suggest and talk about in today's podcast, but that's okay. Honestly, I would rather hear it from some regular Joe, regular person like myself, than from some quote-unquote fitness influencer or some other bullshit you read on social media. So that's what I'm trying to do. I feel like I've learned a little bit in the almost three years that I've been really legitimately exercising and logging almost everything that I eat. So just trying to pass on my tiny bit of knowledge or experience, not really knowledge. I'm not a doctor or a gym, physical, whatever. I'm just a person. So anyways, some of these first ones are just ones that I've used myself or thought about. And then I actually found, of course, I found an article. I think it's a CDC article that I'll get into a little bit later here. All right, so the first one I would say is, honestly, let's not put too much stock into this day or any of these holidays. I know earlier I said it's a hard day to stay on a diet. Well, maybe in some respects we don't stay on a diet. It's only one day, so it's really only one meal, honestly. So let's just enjoy it. So we usually eat around 2 p.m. for these holiday meals. So I tend to eat my normal breakfast, and then I skip lunch because we eat at 2 o'clock. And then that kind of preps me for the whole carbapalooza. And the big meal covers lunch and dinner. So it's probably really not as many calories over a normal day than we would think. And yes, I know we shouldn't skip meals. Skipping meals is typically bad, messes with your whole rhythm and your meal timing, I guess. So typically, no, you wouldn't do that. But like I said, this is only one or two days out of the year. So I don't think it's going to really be that big a deal. And then maybe if you're on this really restrictive diet, then use this day as a cheat day or a cheat meal. And then say it's Thanksgiving and then when Friday comes around, you get back up on your health wagon and you don't let this one day of bad eating throw you off the rails. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of get bogged down. They start to slip up, they eat bad for a day, and then they look at themselves in the mirror and they feel like a big piece of crap. And then they throw their whole diet away. They think it's ruined. And then it takes weeks or even months to get that motivation back and hop back up on that deficit horse and get going again with a good diet and working out. I think they go hand in hand. When your diet kind of goes to hell, 
sometimes your motivation for getting in the gym or doing physical exercise kind of goes to hell also. But it's not ruined, so don't let this bump make you throw away months and months of hard work, okay? And if you're going to be good and try to adhere to some sort of diet plan, maybe just choose wisely when you're eating. I know that may sound very vague, just like me saying, eat less. But if you're going to be eating a few appetizers before a big meal, maybe try and stick to the veggie tray. Stick to some lighter apps. Forget about the mini quiches and the pastries and the baked whatchamacallits. And just munch on those carrots and the celery. And I know that doesn't sound as amazing as a mini quiche, but you want to stay conscious of what you're eating, right? And it's very easy to talk yourself into just saying, ah, screw it, and not caring. It's really something that you have to think about. Or hell, maybe even eat one or two fancy little apps and then kind of chill out a little bit. And then that way you get the taste for the good food. And you're not just gorging yourself on nine mini quiches. I just think if you try to stay aware of what you're eating... And you'll do much better than just blindly devouring the app tray and the cookie pile. I mean, I want to, but I know I shouldn't have six cookies, okay? So that's kind of where I'm at. And you know those holiday butter cookies? You get them in the tin? They're the worst, too. They're, I love them. I love them so much. They're the epitome of a holiday cookie. They only come out during the holiday times. They're just, I can't say no. So those are tough for me. <clears throat> Also, what I find helps me is having a drink, and maybe not necessarily an alcoholic drink, but just something to drink, a water, and you know I like that flavor water stuff, but if you have a drink in your hand, something to do, I think you'll be less likely just to be grazing around and munching on food that is literally all over, even if it isn't a cocktail of some sort. You know, whatever it is, I just think it... It keeps your hands busy instead of you eating, you're sipping on a drink. And I think that may be a, a better alternative, even if, it's, even if it is alcohol. And then you still have options when you bring a dish over. Say you're going to someone else's house the way we did, or you're going to a family member's house. Bringing an appetizer or a side, bring something that's a little more on the healthy side. Maybe you bring that nice veggie and fruit tray. Or if you have to bring a meal side, bring some some steamed vegetables, or some grilled Brussels sprouts, or something, God, something boring, God damn it. I know those sound terribly boring, but healthy, okay? I know, the healthy foods just don't hit the same, I'm sorry. But if that's how you feel, then refer to tip number one, okay? Alright, so now when you're eating your main meal, try this thing called moderation. Maybe opt for the smaller plate. Have you heard those ideas? You know, smaller plate does not hold as much food. I've always kind of heard of this trick. And if you consciously do it and then not go back and refill your small plate, then in theory you will eat less food, right? And then also when you load up your plate, your holiday plate, fill it with a majority of meats and vegetables you know turkey's pretty healthy ham's pretty healthy i think sodium is up there quite a bit in both of those but still they're pretty lean meats so fill them up with that and fill them up with vegetables and then just 
dabble a little bit in the other portions of things that are out there. The stuffings and the yams and the all that stuff that tastes delicious. So just get a little sample and uh, not just a truckload of it, okay? And then when you're eating, you have your drink from earlier. You're sipping on that. Eating slow. Slow down a little bit when you're eating. Eating slower will help you eat less. You'll find out you're full before you unknowingly eat another plate of food, okay? Or a dinner roll or whatever. And just, and you're stuffing carbs in your face. And then before you know it, it's too late and you're insanely stuffed and you don't feel good. So engage in the conversation with your family and your friends. And maybe that's hard depending on your family dynamic, I don't know. But it will help you slow down. I actually even saw this sweater that said, ready to talk politics and vaccinations this holiday season. I thought that was uh, kind of comical, kind of funny. Wear that to a holiday party. You might get into a few arguments though, I don't know. But anyways, slow down your eating, chat with your family, instead of hammering out plate after plate of food, which is exactly what I would like to do on any normal holiday meal. Then when it comes to the uh, dessert train of pies and treats, Oh, there's a lot of trains running today. But anyways, do not, and I mean, do not do what I did this Thanksgiving. Maybe opt for a single slice of pie and not three slices of pie, okay? Or if there's more than one flavor that you would like to dabble in, maybe just uh, take some mini slices. And I bet that will be just as satisfying as having a full-blown piece of pie. It's a lot of pie talk. So just don't knock out three full pieces of pie and feel like ass afterwards like I did. Or if you bring a dessert, I actually brought a dessert to our neighbors when we had Thanksgiving and I made a mini dessert. I made mini cheesecakes and they were very small, the size of a small muffin, but it was actually really nice. It keeps people and kept myself from overeating. You only have one of those tiny little things. You don't have multiples. And also, don't fall into the trap that I tend to fall into with food, that it's going to be wasted, and then you proceed to get in there and eat every leftover that's laying everywhere or whatever. Donate it. I just looked this up on my phone to see if it's allowed, and depending on where you live, it is. It may take a bit of extra legwork to get it to where it needs to go, but I guess you can donate food or leftover food to some homeless shelters. Or if you can't donate it and you can't keep yourself from binging on all these delicious leftovers in your fridge, you could make up a few plates of your wonderful spread with a nice slice of that pie and maybe you could bring it to uh, some homeless people that you maybe regularly see or you know where homeless people typically are hanging out at. I don't think there's one person that's hanging out on the street like that that would turn down a hot plate of home-cooked food. I just can't imagine that they would turn that down, and I think they would really appreciate it. So you could always do that as well. And then after these amazing days of overeating are through, maybe get outside. Take a nice walk. Burn off a few calories. Get the metabolism going and get your heart rate up. Get yourself kind of reset to not indulge day after day after the holidays and I just think that's much better than going and laying down and taking a, a turkey coma type nap 
Okay, so these are just my own opinions and tips I have heard somewhere or used myself, but I kind of wanted to see what the old experts say. So I found this CDC article and they kind of say some of the similar stuff. They say to eat close to your normal meal times to keep blood sugar steady. I guess I never really thought about that, um, but holiday meals are kind of served early in the day, so that does kind of mess up your meal timing. It says cut back on other carbs in your meal if you are planning to partake in other sweet treats. So maybe nix the bread or the dinner rolls if you're planning on eating stuffing or having a slice of pie or something like that. They also say not to skip meals to try to prepare to eat a big meal because that will also mess with your blood sugar. And I actually think a lot of people not only do this during the holidays, but even on regular days just going out to dinner, they tend to skip lunch and then try to reserve calories to use later. And I never thought that that was really a good idea. Eat a normal lunch, light lunch maybe, and then you go out to dinner. Makes sense to me. And then you're not binging on this big calorie-heavy meal out at a restaurant, I guess. Anyways, it also mentions swapping out certain desserts for other desserts. So the example they give is eat a piece of pumpkin pie in place of a piece of pecan pie because that will actually cut your calories and sugar by almost a third or more than a third. So that goes back to making smarter choices like I talked about earlier. It also talks about drinking with your meal and drinking alcohol without food can mess up your blood sugar stuff as well. Jesus, they're really pushing this blood sugar talk. And I guess I don't even know what my blood sugar is. I've never thought twice about it. Maybe I should, I guess. Okay, let's finish here. They say go ahead and... Oh, and then they say the same thing as I say. Go ahead and eat your favorite foods as well. This happens once a year. So slow down, enjoy, and uh, you won't have to do it again for another 365 days. And then the last one is the same thing I said too, is uh, stay moving, try some activity, get some activity in, as well as sleep well. Sleep loss can make it harder to manage what? Yeah, blood sugar. So when you're sleep deprived, we tend to eat more high fat, high sugar foods, which will mess with it as well. And I think you eat the high fat, high sugar foods when you're sleep deprived because you want the energy, I think, I'm guessing. All right, so that's the CDC article. And I'll link that in the description so you can check it out on your own. And now with all this blood sugar talk, I just kind of wanted to learn a bit more, not really dive deep in it, just to I just wanted to understand it a little bit. So I actually found another article on LiveScience.com, and I'm just going to read through a section. I'm literally going to read through a section just so you guys can understand the whole blood sugar thing. Maybe you already know, but I have no idea. So we'll just read through that real quick. Okay, blood sugar or glucose is the main sugar found in blood. The body gets glucose from the food we eat. This sugar is an important source of energy and provides nutrients to the body's organs, muscles, and nervous system. The absorption, storage, and production of glucose is regulated constantly by complex processes involving small intestine, liver, and pancreas. Okay, that's a general of what blood sugar is. Now, this article goes real deep, not deep deep, but it goes into a bunch of details that I'm kind of just glossing over, and I'm just getting down to normal blood sugar. Now, you'll never know what your blood sugar is if you've never tested it, so I'm just going to read this blurb here too. It says for most people, 80 to 99 milligrams of sugar per deciliter before a meal and 80 to 140 milligrams per deciliter after a meal is normal. According to the American Diabetes Association, it goes on, it says these variations in blood sugars 
both before and after meals reflect the way that your body absorbs and stores glucose. After you eat, your body breaks down the carbohydrates in the food into smaller parts, including glucose, blood sugar, which the small intestine can absorb. And then it gets into problems. It says diabetes happens when the body lacks insulin or because the body is not working effectively. It says the disorder can be linked to many causes, including obesity, diet, family history, etc. Then it gets into a much more doctor jargon, we'll call it that. All right. Keeping blood sugar in control, just like we were talking about in the CDC article with our food. This guy, Stevenson Laws, said healthy individuals can keep their blood sugar at appropriate levels using the following methods. Maintaining a healthy weight. Talk with a complete healthcare professional about what an ideal weight for you should be. Improving your diet. Look for and select whole unprocessed foods like fruits and vegetables, instead of highly processed or prepared foods. Foods that have a lot of simple carbohydrates, like cookies and crackers, that your body can digest quickly tend to spike insulin levels and put additional stress on the pancreas. Also, avoid saturated fats and instead opt for unsaturated fats and high-fiber foods. Consider adding nuts, vegetables, herbs, spices to your diet. Also, it says get physical, like I mentioned earlier as well. A brisk walk for 30 minutes a day can greatly reduce blood sugar levels and increase insulin sensitivity. But anyways, that's just a, a basic what is blood sugar, and I'll link that in the description as well for your reading pleasure. And then I actually talked to my wife for a minute because she used to sell diabetes medication, and she enlightened me a little bit because I asked her if we should be worried about blood sugar levels and diabetes in our kids since they tend to eat much shittier, honestly, than adults do. Or a lot of adults, anyways. She mentioned this thing called the three Ps. And I guess it's for everybody, but she said kind of pay attention to it with children, too. And that's polydipsia, polyuria, and polyphagia. And that's excessive thirst, excessive urination, and excessive appetite. So if your kids are exhibiting any of these signs like excessively to where you really notice that they can't seem to drink enough liquids to satisfy their thirst or they're going to the bathroom an odd amount of times a lot, then you might want to get them in to see if they have anything going on with their blood sugars and insulin and all that other stuff. So those are kind of three simple warning signs. So speaking of children, they can kind of have a tough time during the holidays as well. Picky eaters, right? Too much junk available. Well, I guess they usually just eat the cheese and cracker plate, and then they just stonewall everything that's not hot dogs and noodles, right? But in some respects, maybe that's okay. I don't know. Why should I force casseroles and stuffings and candied sweet potatoes on my kids when they don't really want them? My kids are actually really good eaters anyways, and they would usually eat the hams and turkeys and main proteins just fine, so maybe I just kind of steer into that skid a little bit. Let them eat carrots off the veggie tray or some of the green beans or whatever for a holiday meal. I mean, sure, we'd like our kids to try new foods, of course. I don't want to cultivate some crazy picky eater. And I mean, some days are hard enough to get kids to eat regular meals. So should we be pushing grandma's corn dish or cranberry sauce? I don't, I don't really think we should, honestly. I just don't want to force food on them, especially during the holidays. Maybe we could just let them choose a little bit and give them a little bit of choice to an extent anyways. I mean, I know they're not going to choose any of the new and different foods on the table. Maybe we get them to try it, I guess. And I think there does need to be a little bit of oversight there let in letting them choose. We're not going to let them just eat 
grapes and cookies and crackers keep them from just jumping on that cheese plate or whatever other junk they can get their hands on. And what is with kids and cheese? It's like a magnet to them. But maybe we just limit that a little bit and steer them towards better options. I mean, we're still the parents. We're still in control. And I think a lot of parents these days don't really want to piss their kids off at all, or they want them to be happy and like them all the time. But we also have to remember that kids aren't going to starve. Eventually, they will eat what you give them. On the flip side of that coin, maybe the holidays is not really the time for a life lesson, I guess. And maybe my kids are kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe I rule with an iron fist. But they'll eat carrots and cucumbers and beans over a lot of other stuff. They, they tend to like their vegetables, so maybe I just let them do that. I mean, they actually even request them sometimes, and I'm not going to complain about that. And usually they won't eat pie. They won't touch pie. Maybe since we don't have it that often, you know, it's a once in a year type of thing. And it's a new food, so they don't want to try it. Which, you know what, maybe I'm just fine with. It's not really that healthy anyways, right? But if your kids don't want the stuffing and the yams and all that stuff, maybe we just let them fill up on the other stuff that you know is better for them anyways. And I don't think grandma's going to be offended when little Sally doesn't eat her fruitcake, okay? And as with anything, though, too much is too much. Too much red meat, bad. Too much alcohol, bad. Too much stuffing and pie, it's not good either, right? And that's kind of where the oversight comes in. And especially with our kids, what I would be more worried about would be their sugar intake. My four-year-old loves sweets, loves chocolates, loves cookies, loves candy canes. Literal sugar sticks get stuck in your teeth when you chew on them. And that's another whole worry there. It's like tooth decay and all that stuff and blood sugars in your kids like we just mentioned. So maybe if we try to limit anything, maybe we just try to cut some of that sugary goodness out, right? All right, so now we know some stuff anyways. But really, holidays are meant for what? They're meant to be enjoyed, spent with family. So let's not worry too much about what's on our plate and what we eat for these uh, few days. It's only a few days out of the year, so let's maybe not stress. I think if we focus on the rest of the year, the regular days, the regular dinners, and make those a priority, make good choices then, then we won't need to stress about three pieces of pie or six cookies, right? I'll link these articles I talked about today in the description, the, the CDC one, the, the one about blood sugars. I think there's a couple other ones about holiday eating and kids, something in there. I know you love to read through those. And I'll even throw in that one about binge eating, just so you can see that it's a real deal. It's a, it's a health crisis, okay? It's a real ailment. Anyways, thank you for listening. Um, I hope I enlightened you in some way or form. Maybe I helped one or two people out. I don't know. But uh, anyways, please rate, review, share, and subscribe. That'd be super awesome. And uh, you can also reach out to me, Vegas Raymer, on Instagram or through podbean.com, like always. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you think I should talk about something else or who I should talk to. I would like to get some guests in here. I'm still working on that, so hang with me there. Lastly, grab this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and I will talk to you next week.